0: Lord, we thank you that into every dark area of our life, you shine your light. You bring cleansing, you bring renewal. You lift us out of dark places. You set our feet upon a solid rock. Everything you do in our life is good. Every gift you give to us is good. You take all of our mistakes and all of our mess, and you make something beautiful and wonderful and new and fresh out of it. We thank you, Lord. We open up our lives to you. We open up our church to you. This is your church. We are your people. Fill us with your light. Fill us with your love. Make us the people you want us to be, that you've called us to be. Change us. Transform us. Make us like Jesus, we ask. In his mighty name. And everyone who wants that, shout it out. Let's give the Lord a praise. come on. Go ahead and take a seat. So we're doing, we're doing our service different from normal because it's Vision Sunday today, but we're also doing, doing it differently than we normally do Vision Sunday. So quite often... How Vision Sunday goes is the main thing that I will be sharing with you are like the goals that we set at the last Vision Sunday and how we've accomplished them, or at the very least made progress towards accomplishing them. And then we would share the next set of goals for the next season of the church's life not just, these aren't just arbitrary goals that we pluck out of the air. We believe that God has given us a vision, and um, we set the goals in line with, with the, the overarching theme of that we feel the church is being led in. And so, we, we share the next set of goals and, and what we want to accomplish in the church, and then after that, we normally just take up our vision offering. Now, if you're new to the church, maybe this is your first time or second or third, and today we're going to be asking people to give a lot of money, and you might think, oh no, this is one of these churches that are always asking people to give a lot of money. I promise you, we only do these Vision Sunday services twice a year, and in fact, for a number of years, we played down money so much that we never even mentioned it. We just took up the offering and never said anything, and after a while, people were saying, why should you give them the offering? And, how? and so, we, ha- we actually had to like do a course correction and do occasional little offering talks to explain to people some of the the lives that are impacted and the ministries that are launched through people's generosity. So, we actually have a little bit of a history over the last few years until recent times of playing down the offering so much that it was like we we need money, you know, and we're not telling anybody about it. <clears throat> and um, but with the exception of our vision Sundays when we do. And so today, I will be unapologetically asking for money, because I'm not asking it for me. I'm asking it for us, <clears throat> right? It's kind of like um, it's kind of like you know you, you know once your kids become teenagers and start earning money. You know, it's kind of like, maybe you can contribute a little into the pot here, you know? And so, we are the family of God. And now, so I said we're doing it differently. This is how we're doing it differently. Normally, I talk about the offering at the very end. I'm about to talk about the offering right now. I'm going to do a little mini offering talk right now. Then, instead of me sharing the, the goals we've accomplished and the new goals we're setting, we're going to show you a video that will explain the goals accomplished and being set. Then I'm going to come back out and share another short message, not about goals, but I believe it is a fresh word from the Lord. The goals are about the practical things that we can do as a church. But what I want to share after that is what I believe God is saying He wants to do. There's no point in us doing a lot of things if God ain't in it. The Bible says, unless the Lord builds a house, the laborers labor in vain. So, we want the Lord to build this house. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so, we want the Lord to do a work amongst us, and I believe that He is saying He wants to do something fresh, and that will be the third thing after the video. The first thing is the offering. i want to talk about the offering, first of all, for a little while. And um, today we are asking for a special offering of $35,000 over and above what we normally take in because we still need what we normally take in to keep the church functioning and so if um, if you are giving today if you're giving your regular offering and the vision offering and if you're using the the envelope remember to put your regular offering at the top where it says tithe and down where it says other, that's where to put your, your offering, uh, your vision offering. I want to share just a couple of Scriptures with you. The first one comes from the book of Exodus, and this passage here is every pastor's dream come true. I'm going to read it to you. Moses summoned all the skilled workers. What kind of workers did he summon? Did Moses say, oh, it's just the church. Any old garbage will do. Could you just come and help sort? Is that what he did? Did it say that Moses built the tabernacle in the most amateurish way possible? Doesn't say that, does it? But sometimes people who will be excellent and go above and beyond the call of duty in their career when it comes to church, we we'll say, okay, it's just the church. It doesn't matter if it's done properly or not. God sees our heart. Yeah, your lazy heart, <laughs> your, your lack of excellent heart. <laughs> no, what kind of workers did He summon? The skilled workers who were specially gifted. One of the things we emphasize again and again and again here in Gateway is God has gifted every single one of you in different ways, discover what your gifts are and put them to work. Don't waste your life, you know, doing something out of guilt or a sense of duty that you're not even gifted at. Discover what your gifts are. He, he summoned the skill workers, those who were specially gifted by the Lord and were really reluctant and dragging their feet because they had other things to do. Was that the workers that he called? What kind of workers were they? Eager. They had a passion burning within them. They actually got to the tabernacle at 10.30 when the service started. And then it says, Moses gave them all of the offerings donated by the people of Israel for the completion of the sanctuary. Not only were these people saying, I want to get involved in this vision. You see, they realized that, it, they realized that this wasn't Moses saying, um, I've got a vision and I need people to support me. They were saying, Moses, this isn't your vision. This is God's vision. God didn't give it to you. He gave it through you. It's for all of us. And, and we're not just going to stand and watch Moses, you know, like lead the people through the wilderness and us do nothing and just... We we want to get involved. This is our family. This is our vision. This is our dream. This is our sanctuary. We're going to put our gifts to work. We're going to be skilled in what we do. We're going to contribute financially. Don't let us out of this, Moses. We want to get on board with what God is doing. They threw everything into this. Look, all of the offerings for the sanctuary. But the people, and here's the dream come true part, but the people of Israel continue to bring their offerings. It was like Moses said, hey you, you've given three times already. He's like, I don't care. I'm so excited about this, I'm giving a fourth time. Listen, I wish I could put you all on a plane and take you to Africa because you, you should see the way African offerings are done. People don't just give once. I've seen people give five, six, seven, eight, nine times. They get so stirred up with what God is doing. It's like, I know I've given the offering, but I'm going back out another time. That was what happened here. They continued to bring their offerings every morning. Then the skilled men who were doing the work went and told Moses, the people are bringing more than is needed. I live for the day that that happens. I'm telling you. The people are bringing more than is needed for the work which the Lord commanded to be done. So what did Moses do about it? Let's look on. So Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't give any more money. Stop giving. You put your wallet back in your pocket. we have got enough. He said, don't give any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. I've never even heard of a church that's been able to say that. We have enough. So, the people stopped bringing their offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. Now, wouldn't you like to be part of a church like that? where God is stirring up and saying, here's a dream for building a sanctuary where people can come and worship and the people are saying, I want to get involved in that. We're going to work in a way that's skilled, not in a shoddy way. We're going to discover our gifts and put them to work. We're going to bring money. We're not going to do it reluctantly. We're not going to wait for Moses to kind of coerce us to give. We're we're going to come and keep coming. This is our dream. We are part of it too. Everybody shout, this is my dream. I'm part of it too. And so the, the overwhelming thing was that here that the people were eager to give. That completely fits with what the Bible says should be our attitude in giving. It tells us this in 2 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul says this. Put 2 Corinthians. I wanted to make sure that the financial gift you promised is ready. But I want it to be a willing gift not one given grudgingly. It's not, it's that time of year again. Suppose I should really support the church. Why do they always do it the month before Christmas? I mean, really, come on. No, I want it to be a willing gift, not one that's given grudgingly. Remember this. And he's saying, look, you're given the gift because you believe in the dream and you want to see it come to pass. That's your motive. But actually, it's even beneficial for you to give. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And he says, look, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And then he says this, that it, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Over the last two or three weeks, we've been seeing Vision Sunday is coming up soon. The only thing we are asking everybody to do is prayerfully before God, consider what you can give within your own heart, and let God lead and guide you. And so, you must decide in your own heart, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives, and what kind of attitude? Say cheerfully as if you're cheerful. (laughs) Cheerfully. I mean, the very word should put a smile, cheer, you know, it makes you smile. And so I thought, I was talking to the staff and I said, we need to make this a cheerful offering, like a happy offering, like we need to have fun with the offering. And, I th- and we talked about it and I came up with a suggestion. And I, th- I, th- I said, is this a silly suggestion? But the staff all liked it, so if you don't like it, don't blame me, blame the staff. <laughs> I said, what if we did what they did in the Moses story? What if instead of having one time where we pass the offering buckets, how about between right now and the rest of the service that is during the video that I'll be showing you in a few moments? In fact, I'm going to show you another video first, but then I'll show you the ministry report video in a few moments, and then the message that I'm going to share after that. How about at any time you feel led or your wife elbows you in the ribs, just get up, walk down the front, and chuck it in the bucket, and go back to your seat. And who knows? I mean, like, who knows? The Lord might lead you to just go down another time, you know, and throw it in the bucket. And I I want you to know you have permission to come down as many times as you want, okay? (laughs) Okay. I said we were asking for $35,000. We asked the board and the staff to email our bookkeeper to indicate how much they were going to give today, just to give us an idea. And also a few people gave early. See that $35,000? We've already got $8,000 of it, people. And the service hasn't even started. (laughs) The offering hasn't even started. Listen. Put, that, put the next quote up. I've got a little quote to share with you. When you have a dream in your heart, one that will bring joy to others, and you have faith that it can be accomplished, and a partner to help you accomplish it, no dream is too big. When you've got a dream in your heart, And I'll tell you, we've got a dream for this church. I believe it is a God-given dream. And it's a dream that will bring joy to others. And we've got faith that it can be accomplished. And together we are partners, going to work together in a skilled way, using the gifts that God has given us and contributing financially towards it. No dream is too big. Now, I'm going to show you a little video here. This isn't a ministry video. And maybe you've seen it because it did go viral a couple of years ago. But this video was about a young guy. This is not what the video is about, this happened before the video. This young guy is sitting in an airport one day, waiting on a flight. And a businessman comes and sits down next to him, and their flight is delayed, so they start talking. And the businessman says to the young man, what is the dream in your heart? And the young guy says, I want to travel to every country in the world and dance. He says, like, are you a professional dancer? He says, no, I I can't really dance very well. But I just want to dance with joy, and I want to find people in these countries from different cultures, and I want to get them to dance with joy as well. Now, a lot of people might have said, well, that's a silly dream. But you know what the businessman said? I will be your financial partner. When you've got a dream in your heart that will bring joy to other people and you've got the faith that it can be accomplished, all you need is a partner. And the businessman said, I will be your financial partner and I want to show you the result, play that video. that was long, but that was worth it, wasn't it? To see. (laughs) Here's a guy that has done something that he dreamt of while Christians sit on their butts in churches every week and do nothing with their lives. Do you think that we have got a dream in our hearts that could bring joy to lots of other people? Have we? Have we got a message that can change people's lives? Do we have a message that's actually worth dancing for, for joy? Have we got the faith that God can bring our dream to pass, people? Do we? Then all we need are partners to help accomplish our dreams. And we're just about to show our video of our ministry report. But hey, maybe some of you are ready right now right now might be a good time to run down the front and put an offering in. I'm doing it. I'm going to be the first one. There we go. Anybody else want to do this as they're going to start the video in just a minute as we watch our ministry report? Let's play the video, and then I'll come back out. And you keep coming throughout the video if you want. That's
1: why I love it, I love it.
2: On a Vision Sunday, we get the opportunity to be able to look back and celebrate everything that God has done in our midst. But as well, we get to look to the future in anticipation of what God is still going to be doing. So there are a few things as we look back and celebrate that we want to be able to highlight. The first is, is that we finished the Foyer upgrade. This has enabled us to be able to host overflows and our big events in our Sunday morning, and as well with our seminars, our equip, and some of our big events and rentals. As well, in our continued partnership with our community league, we are able to move forward in actually seeing a community garden on our land. This has enabled the community to come to us to be able to utilize the space and for us to be able to serve our community. As well, we have so much to celebrate what's going on inside of our Sunday morning service. A few things of highlights are we had 11 child dedications alongside their families and 48 baptisms. Another thing is we've seen is we implemented more intentionally dedicating the first service towards healing and personal prayer. And we have seen story after story of people coming and encountering God and healing in a new, fresh way. And lastly, we were able to bring on Pastor Jackson onto our team as our community life pastor and also launch a midweek community night where we're seeing people come and break into groups in bigger gatherings as well into smaller groups and be able to grow deeper in their faith and in life. And lastly because of your generosity we received $35,000 at our last vision offering, $5,000 which we were able to send to Atoto and their ongoing work in Africa, and we collected 565 pounds of food for the food bank. So thank you so much Gateway. The future is in good hands. And the last thing that I really wanna focus on is the fact that we have not only met every single goal that we've set out so far in our 2020 vision, but we've exceeded it. But we don't wanna get comfortable because we know that God has so much for us. So in this momentum forward, we wanna look into the year of 2019 and beyond on some of the things that we feel that God has for us and some initiatives that we wanna accomplish. The first in this is we actually want to finish Our parent room that we talked about last year. We have everything set up and ready to go. So in the next little bit, you're going to be able to see a new opportunity for us to minister to our young families. As well as helping taking our kids' ministry to the next level, we're actually going to be upgrading our older elementary room, which is classroom two. This is an opportunity to create an even more exciting environment so that our families can have a place to be able to bring their kids to grow in their faith and kids can be excited about growing and experiencing God. Also, we're looking and moving forward and launching a midweek family ministry program. There's going to be a place for kids in the midweek alongside our midweek program to grow in their faith as well as parents coming alongside, growing in their faith and learning to lead their families spiritually. Another exciting thing that's happening and you've seen it and we've talked about it is our Four Edmonton movement. We have a growing team of people who are passionate in seeing the church outside the walls serving our city of Edmonton. And so that team is growing and we want to put a lot of energy behind that. And also, we're wanting to move our prayer and healing service from one Sunday a month to two and seeing this more intentional movement of people interacting and experiencing God in a supernatural way. And the last two things that we're excited about moving into 2019 is our creative arts department is actually looking at recording and releasing its own music by the summer. And also that we are taking Canada Day as a new major big day and taking it to the next level. So we are so excited for what God is going to be doing in the year of 2019 and beyond. And so we need you to continue to partner with us in this. So at this point, this would be a perfect opportunity that if you have your pledge card ready or your vision offering, that you would come down to the front and partner with us financially in this. So I invite you to do that right now.
0: <clears throat> I want to share for a, a word that I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. And... Um, you know, we've called this message, I, actually, what have we called it? Is it Light the Fire? Is that what we called it? Have we got a logo? Let's take the logo up for a minute. Yes, Light the Fire. I didn't know if it was Light a Fire or Fire Up or something like that. Light the Fire. And this is a, a message that I feel that God has laid on my heart because, like I said earlier, what we very often focus on in Vision Sunday are the things that we've done as a church and the things that we plan to do as a church. But there there are things that, that God lays upon our heart to do, and there are things that we need to do. And like I said, we could just sit, you know, sit on a pew for the rest of our life. And here's a we watched a video of a young guy that had a dream and just found someone to partner with and he did it. And and we've got like an eternally life-changing message to share, and the good news of Jesus Christ and of a loving Father, and the power of prayer and faith to change people's lives. And very often as Christians, we don't do very much with that. And so at Vision Sunday, we often emphasize the doing part, what we have done in response to the dream that God has placed in our heart, and what goals that we have set to do in the future but church, it's really important for us always to remember that there are some things that we can't do. There are some things that only God can do. You know, we can say uh, we're going to have prayer for healing and other needs available at the end of our services twice a month. And we can do that, and we can organize that, and we can pray for people. But only God has the miracle working power to heal people. And we can say to you, we're going to have a special service at Christmas, and the message of Jesus is going to be really clearly and well presented, and so we need you to invite people to come to church. And you can do that, and you can invite your friends, your family, your colleagues, your neighbors, and you can bring them to church, but you can't change their life, and I can't change their life. Only God can save a soul. Only God can change someone's life. Only God can bring healing and wholeness. There are certain things that only God can do that we can't do, and therefore we need to be people who are constantly open in our heart and mind to God being at work in us and through us and amongst us. Now, one of the, one of the things that we emphasize an awful lot here, and I've even men- I have even mentioned it during the offering when we looked at the passage where Moses was building the sanctuary, and they called all the skilled workers together. One of the things that we emphasize a lot its one of our core values here at Gateway is doing things with excellence. Making sure that if we're going to do something that we do it well. That we don't just think, let's start a kids club or let's start a youth ministry or let's start this or that and not think it through, not plan it through, not have, have it to be a quality and excellent event and, and ministry so that when people get involved in it, they're getting involved in something that is well done because God is worthy of our best and people are worthy of us putting out some effort. Don't you think people are worth you know, expressing a little bit of effort for, and God certainly is. So, we emphasize excellence a lot. And one of the main reasons that I tend to emphasize, let's do things well, let's do things with excellence, we don't like it when we've got a technical fall and things like that and things go amiss. It's not because we are perfectionists, because That is actually an issue that often you need to be set free from because you don't find any joy and happiness in life when you're like that. It's not to do with being a perfectionist. It's to do with this. See when things aren't done well. See when things are done shoddily and amateurishly. See when things go wrong and you haven't thought through everything in advance and planned it all out properly it's not that those things going wrong or not being done well is a big deal in and of itself. It's that when that happens, it becomes a distraction. It becomes a distraction. For instance, if this video just packed in right now, half of you would turn around and look at the guy up the back to see what he's doing to fix it it becomes a distract. When things aren't done well, we are distracted. And listen, when we come here, there was, a, there, there was an old worship song years ago. Some of you will remember it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace." You know, the Bible says that we should worship the Lord with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And if we can eliminate every distraction, if things are done well so that all you've got to concentrate on are the words that are being said, the songs that are being sung, the prayers that are being prayed, and you're able to fully and completely focus on that without any distraction, it helps you connect with God without your mind wandering away to all sorts of other things and so on. And so excellence is important. It's one of our core values. But excellence will never change a person's life. It might impress somebody. I mean, somebody might go away and say, oh, hmm, boy, that church does do things well. You know, what time does the drug dealer arrive? You know, now that we've been to church, let's go to their life hasn't changed. But someone can come in to a place where the presence of God is moving, and God can reach. You know, there used to be be an advert in the UK for for Guinness. Guinness. It reaches the parts other beers don't reach. (laughs) I want to tell you the Spirit of God can move in a person's life, in their thoughts, in their emotions, deep, deep down in their heart. God can begin to stir them, and God can move in your life in a way that no other person can reach. So there are some things that only God can do. First Corinthians says this, and we need to to remember that we have a power and God has a power. It says, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it. To, to, if you read the passage in context, he's talking about the church. The church in the city of Corinth. He went to the city of Corinth and he established the church there. That was the seed he planted. And he said, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it. After Paul left, Apollos came along and he had a teaching ministry and he taught the church. And very often a teaching ministry is likened to water in the Bible. The Bible says that we are to be washed by the water of the Word of God, okay? I planted the the church, Paul says. Apollos came along and taught you, and he watered it, but it was God who made it grow, Do you know without God doing his part, Paul could have done what he wanted, Apollos could have done what he wanted, and nothing would have happened because only God can make his church grow. We can cooperate with God. We can work with God. We can have our ears attuned to what the Spirit is saying our church should be doing, and we can go in that direction. But only God can change people's lives. Only God can save lost souls. Only God can answer prayers. Only God can work miracles. Only God can build His church. We are just co-laborers. That's all we are. It was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. And then he says, the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. Everything that we do. Whether we're giving money in the offering or whether we are uh, playing musical instruments or helping with the kids or serving on the board, we're all working together with one purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. But because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. So they said, Paul is saying, I didn't say it only matters what God is going to do. Therefore, we should just do everything shoddily. He doesn't say that. He said, I was an expert builder. I was committed to expertise. I was committed to skillful building. I was committed to excellence. You know, I'm committed to doing everything that I do for God in the best way possible, but... Um, Others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hair, straw. He's saying if you're going to build up God's church, you can build it up in a quality way or you can build it up in a cheap way. If you build it up in a cheap way, none of that's going to last. If you build it in a quality way, that's going to last. But what's even more important than the way we're building it is what God is doing. Okay? So he says, "Um, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. The fire will reveal. The fire will reveal. Have you ever been in one of these situations, you know, very often fire, I said water is likened to the Word of God, very often the Holy Spirit is likened to fire. On the day of Pentecost, tongues of fire alighted on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been in that situation where you've been in a service and you've been worshiping God and maybe something's being taught or prayers are being prayed or songs are being sung and all of a sudden you are aware that God is revealing an area in your life that's about to crumble and fall and that you need to deal with because you've been neglecting it. God, the fire reveals to you the things that you need to change and the things that you need to do Um, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved. You're saved by grace. You're not saved by your own works. You're saved by what Jesus did for you, not by what you do for him. But you'll be saved but like someone barely escaping through a wall. In other words, let's make sure we make a good job of this life, okay? You only live once, make a good job of it, Okay? And so he's saying here, each of us have a power. We can can contribute money to the offering. We can pray for our church. We can use our gifts and talents to serve. We can do lots of things to assist in being expert builders and using excellence and quality and skillfulness in serving the Lord and in serving His people. But at the end of the day, even more important than that is God coming by the power of His Spirit amongst us and and Him doing the work that only He can do. You know, there's a story in the Bible. Could you give me my little things up here? There's a story in the Bible of the prophet Elijah. And it was a time in Israel's history where Um, evil rulers had got into power, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, and they were passing laws to make it difficult and almost impossible for the worshippers of the true God to continue, and they were importing all of these pagan religions and persecuting and even killing um, the prophets and so on. And they filled the country with people called the prophets of Baal, like warlocks or something like that, if you like. And they were like running the new religion. And Elijah, God speaks to Elijah, and he says to Elijah, I want you to go up to Mount Carmel, and I want you to challenge the prophets of Baal. And so he goes up, and he does that, and he says, and all the people are gathered there, and he says, people, this is what we're going to do. The prophets of Baal are going to build their altar, and they're going to put the sacrifice on it, and I'm going to build an altar for the true God, the only God, the creator God over here, and I'm going to put a sacrifice on it. Then they're going to pray to Baal, and I'm going to pray to the true God, and the God who answers by fire is the true God, and we will all worship that that God. So everybody thought, ooh, exciting, let's do it. The prophets of Baal were a bit nervous, but the people were up, up for it, you know. So the prophets of Baal built their altar. And the Bible says they, they began to pray to Baal, Oh, Baal, send your fire and all this. And then they began to dance and dance and dance around. And they got themselves into a frenzy, trying to get something supernatural to happen, and nothing was happening. And Elijah was just standing over here, throwing out insults. Where is he? Maybe he's gone on vacation, he would say to them. And they would try even harder to get Baal to do something and nothing would happen. And then they would say, perhaps he's at the bathroom relieving himself. Do gods go to bathrooms and things like that. And they're getting really in a tizzy. And then once they're done with it, Elijah very specifically and skillfully rebuilds the altar to the Lord, which has been torn down. And the passage tells us that he takes his time and does it properly. He doesn't just throw any old altar together. There is a part that we play in working as co-laborers together with God. And that was what Elijah did. It tells us that he followed the stipulations in the law of Moses, and he took 12 stones. I've got four here for time. But he took 12 stones. And he carefully built those 12 stones into an altar in the manner that it was laid out in the law of of Moses. He built the altar skillfully and carefully and with excellence because that's what we should do. We can't make the fire come. Only God can answer by fire, but we can build. And that is what we have been doing over the last few years, church. We have been seeking to gradually and continue, and we'll continue to do that, make sure that we improve the things that we do. It's called a service because we're here to serve people. And so we are serving children in the children's ministry. We're serving young people and accelerate youth. We're serving everybody in our Sunday morning services and so on. And so we, we're going to serve everybody and serve the Lord with all of the skills, all of the gifts, uh, all of the care and excellence that we should. But we will also acknowledge that that itself is not enough. We need the presence and the power of the Spirit of God in our midst, church. We need God to move in our midst. And so he builds the altar. And then he got a sacrifice, a young bull, it says. And he put this young bull on top. Aren't you glad we don't live under the Old Testament? You didn't have to slit a sheep's throat this morning when you came to church. Do you know the Bible says in the New Testament, we are the sacrifice, It says, bring your life to God as a living sacrifice. That is your act of spiritual worship, it says, when you give your whole life to God. It's as a living sacrifice. It's a form of worship. It says in the book of Hebrews, we bring to God the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that give thanks. That's what it says in the English. Do you know what it actually says in the original? The young bullocks of our lips. But that figure of speech means nothing in English, so the translators have to make it make sense. The young bullocks of our lips, the fruit of our lips. You see, they offered a young bullock as a sacrifice. And what they're saying is, now, when we sing our praises to God, that's instead of a young bullock. that's our sacrifice. Sometimes it's not praise that's coming out of our mouth like a young bullock. Sometimes it's just a lot of bull that comes out of our mouth. And the fire of the Lord can even deal with that. He put wood on the altar, He put the bull on the altar, and then it says he dug a trench around the altar, a martin tree, a pastor, Martin trench. He dug a trench. Round the altar, and then it says he got buckets of water and he poured it, poured it all over it until the trench was full of water. So he, with excellence, built an altar. He put on the proper sacrifice. He, the water of the word was all there was, teaching and teaching and teaching. And then he stood back and he said, Lord, can you send the fire? And here's what it says in 1 Kings. It says this. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven, and it burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and it even licked up the water in the trench. Listen, when God moves amongst us, if we could get fired up with the Spirit of God, church, if we could let God fill us with this fire, I'm going to tell you, the fire of God deals with everything. It de- Oh, but you don't know me, Pastor. My heart is cold and hard like stone. The fire of the Lord melts all the stones. Oh, but my spiritual life's like dry dust. It said the dry dust get burned up by some fire. It burned up the dry dust. Oh, but you don't know how much bull I've got in my life. Oh, the bull in your life gets burned up when the fire of the Lord falls. It's the fire of the Lord. We need church. It's the fire of the Lord we need. And I need to say this. I'm not talking about let's work ourselves up into some kind of spiritual intensity using human effort. I'm going to get passionate for God. I'm not talking about that. When people do that, they burn themselves out. People get burned out. But when God's fire comes, it doesn't burn you out. It burns you up, but it doesn't burn you out. When Moses saw a burning bush, look what it says in Exodus. It says in Exodus, the bush was a flame, but it was not consumed. It didn't burn out. It wasn't finished after the fire. The fire was fueling it. It was not destroying it. And I believe that God wants to move in this church in a new way by His Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something folks I don't want to be like I don't want to be presumptuous here I know that sometimes God shows you dreams and shows you things and you think that they're going to happen in a certain time in a certain place in a certain way and then when they come to pass they you think oh boy that happened so much differently than I thought so I don't want to get presumptuous here but I do want to share two quick things with you before I came to Canada, um, I had a, a, maybe about a year and a half before I came, I had a, I was praying one night and had an incredibly powerful spiritual experience that I don't really talk about very much, and in, in this, because it was so sacred and personal to me, but I saw things that I, would, that I would see in my future, and a number of the things that I saw have since come to pass but some of them haven't. And folks, we have seen amazing things take place here in Gateway. Just under 10 years ago when I came here, uh, the, maybe a third full we were. And the church was, was in a, it was struggling. I mean, honestly, we were close to closing the doors. We were in debt so debt that we couldn't pay, and we were demoralised and everything else. And God has done an amazing work over these last nine or so years. And we have seen so many people come to faith in Christ. We have seen hun- the church grow by hundreds and hundreds and literally hundreds of people. We have seen hundreds of people baptised. We have seen amazing healings take place. People set free from addictions. I mean, the other week I was one day I left the office and I was walking through the the foyer there during the week, and there was a woman there and sitting there, and there was some cameras set up, and I said, Oh, are you here to be filmed? And she said, Yes, uh, they're just going to come and start the cameras and film me. And I said, "What, What are we filming you about? And she said, I was totally and completely healed of arthritis. And I said, Where was the arthritis? All over. And I said, was that at one of the healing services? And she said, yes. And I didn't even go forward for prayer. I was sitting back there in my seat while people were getting prayed. And I said, Lord, you can heal me. And the power of God came down and healed me sitting on my seat. (gasps) I am healed, she says. (laughs) We will get that. You'll see that story sometime. I've heard so many stories like that, and I saw so many things in this vision that I was taken into, but I saw other things happening too. I saw miracles happening that I have not seen happen yet. I saw healings take place that would boggle your mind. I saw people's lives changed. I saw myself standing on a platform. I don't know for sure it was this one, but it's sure as heck was similar to it. And I'm standing in this platform, and there was hundreds of people in the room, and it was packed back to the wall. And then it was like the ceiling was cut off. I was elevated, and I could see. And then the foyer behind that wall, it was packed with people. And then I could see the doors behind it, and I could see cars driving in and crowds of people coming in. And I'm saying, there's not enough room for all of these people. I don't know what we're going to do with all of these people. There's not enough room. Why are are they are coming? And they're coming because their friends and their family members had been healed or had prayers answered or their, their lives changed. And I, I believe, you know, that God has shown me that He wants to move in a mighty, mighty way, greater than we have ever thought or asked for before, because He's the God who does exceedingly, abundantly, far above all we could ask or think. Can you shout amen someday? Then... Sometime after having that, then Gateway asked me to come and be the pastor, and and we knew it was the right place, and we said yes. And then before I came here, I called Harold Eberly on the phone. He has, he shared this story from this platform, so I, I feel confident to share it. So he, he, I called and I said, Harold, he lives in Washington State, and I said, Harold, We might be seeing more of each other because I'm actually moving closer to you. Not that close, but closer than the UK. I'm moving to Canada. He said, are you? How come? And I said, I'm going to an Alliance church in Edmonton, Alberta. And he said, you've got to be kidding. And I said, no. He said, but I had a dream. And he said, I told it to Linda. And I said to Linda, I don't understand this dream because we don't know any Alliance churches in Edmonton, Alberta. I said, what's your dream? He said, I had a dream that Linda and me were friends with someone who became the pastor of an alliance church in Edmonton, Alberta, and God sent a revival to that church. Come on, people! Now, you might say, well, maybe that wasn't for, maybe that was for Beulah lives. Well, the Bible says that all of God's promises are for all of God's children, so I name it, claim it in the name of Jesus. It's for us as well in Jesus' name. Send a revival, Lord. Send the fire. Send the fire. Do you know how, do you know how God sends a fire in a church? It's not like a lightning bolt's gonna come out and strike in the middle and everybody's gonna start dancing. Like that video. <laughs> the fires inside us, people. The fi- You need to get fired up. You need to get fired up. And I need to get fired up. <laughs> last verse. Look at the last verse. Oh, I'm way over my time. I remind you to fan into flame the gift, the spiritual gift God gave you. By the laying on of hands. Now that could be taken two ways. Maybe you got the gift by the laying on of hands, or maybe you're fanning it into flame by the laying on of hands. For God's spirit that is given to us does not produce fear and timidity. Oh, I wonder wonder if I could just lift a little hand during the worship. It's my personality, I'm timid. Well, get the fire of the Lord in you, and you won't be lifting up a wee hand. You'll be dancing a jig on the chairs and shouting, Jesus is alive, and he's worthy of all my praise. Do you think, how many of you have ever been to an Oilers game? Anybody been to an Oilers game? How many of you are more timid and quiet like a little church mouse in church than you are at the Oilers game. I was at an Oilers game once and there were some people that I knew were Christians a couple of rows in front of me and their language was not speaking in tongues, I can tell you that. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, they got passionate about a little puck being chucked about a bit of ice and we have got the God of all creation on our side. He loves us, he's for us. Church, do you think we could be so fired up that we we actually turn up on time? Do you think we could be so fired up that it doesn't take the worship team four songs to warm us up, but we come enthusiastic? Do you think we could have faith that God is a God of miracles? He's going to save, heal, and deliver, that God is going to fill and anoint and move in power? Come on, let's stand up. Every one of us, let's stand up. We are going to stir ourselves up in a moment. And while we're doing that, you might want to just run down and chuck it in the bucket if you've got an offering or a pledge card ready. I want you to get out of your little timid comfort zone right now. Because what we're going to do is we're going to start moving. And we're going to move around this building. And we're going to walk up to people. I don't care if it's a complete stranger. And you're going to lay hands on them and say, Lord, stir them up, stir them up, stir up their gift, set them on fire, Lord, set his heart on fire, bless them in Jesus' name. And then you're going to go and do it to someone else. And if there's a moment, if there's a pause where you're not laying hands on anybody and they're not laying hands on you, maybe that means you should come and put another offering in the bucket. Don't waste any time. Let before we do this let's just sing set a fire let's just sing it. come on lift up our hands I want you to make this a prayer church this is a prayer we are asking God I feel that God is saying I want to light the fire and we're responding by singing set a fire deep in my soul let's sing it
1: set a fire and down in my soul That I can't contain and I can't control I want more of you, God And I want more of you, God Sit a fire and down in my soul That I can't contain and I can't control I want more of you I want more to so set a fire, to so set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control.
0: Continue to just play gently. We're gonna lift the house lights slightly so you can see one another. We're gonna lift the house lights slightly. So I want you to go out, lay hands on people, pray, prophesy. If you're a shy person, just go and say, May God bless you, or something like that. Speak in tongues if you want. If you get a prophetic word for them, give them it. Come on, church, let's move. no please. Say one last, come on, let's lift our hands and say one last blessing. I want to say a blessing over every one of us. I want, just you receive this. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the passion-fueling fire of the Holy Spirit Fill each one of us now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stop it. So Maybe give another offering before you go. That's all I can come up with. Amen. God bless you
1: guys.